VBS. Maybe you can't come each night. Maybe you don't want to be a part of my super-duper awesome adult Bible study class for VBS, and that's fine, okay? Um, but we can, we've got an opportunity for you to help out. We've got on, in the back table a list for snack donations, all right? It's got all the different things that we're going to need for that week, and it's also got some instructions at the top, all right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you them, but then you can reread them, and then when you mess it up, it's okay, all right? No, I'm just kidding. Um, here's, what, here's what we need. We've got the list back there. All I need you to do, if you get one of those items or a couple of those items that are on that list, I just need you to mark on that list how many of those items, where that list is, there's a little spot for it, what you got, right? Then you're going to take that said item, and you're going to go that way, and then down the hall, or you can go that way and down the hall, but you're going to go back to the kitchen, and there's a section that's got a sign that's just like the one back there that says, VBS snack donations or donations for snacks, it's going to have some of those words in there, all right? It's going to have a little picture, and you're going to know it, all right? You're going to drop it off there, okay? That will help out a whole lot. So if you can't help out with VBS, but you want to help out in some way, uh, or if you can't attend, but you want to be a part of it some way, that would be a big help uh, to those who are doing snacks and a big help to our Vacation Bible School, all right? So that's all I got uh, going on, unless anybody else has anything. All right, good. Let's pray, and uh, we're going to worship the Lord today. Uh, thank you for having my mom and dad here. Y'all give it up for them for raising me. Amen. Right? <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, they, and they threw me to Cammie, and, and she's been taking, taking the rest away. But no, anyway, yeah, anyways, um, let's pray this morning. I'm thankful that we can gather, we can worship the Lord today, and I hope you're glad to be here uh, today. Uh, let's pray. God, we come to you this day. We're grateful for another day of life that we can gather, we can worship you, Lord. And God, now as we're preparing our hearts, Lord, to sing and to worship you, Lord, through song, I pray that we would do so first and foremost with our hearts, God, that our hearts and our minds would be set towards you, that our focus would be you and your glory and your honor. And Lord, that today as we sing, that we would not worry about what we sound like, we would not worry about what anybody else sounds like, but God, that we would lift up our voices and our hearts to you as living sacrifices, and God, that you would be glorified in all that we say and do today, Lord, that you would give us sweet fellowship of the Spirit, and Lord, through your word as well today, God. I pray, Lord, that you would give me the message that is needed, Lord, to preach today. And, Lord, that for everyone that's here, that you would open up our hearts and our minds to your word. And, God, that you would accomplish great things. That you would bring about conviction to a sinner that needs it and draw them to repentance. Lord, if there's someone who needs encouragement, Lord, or strength today, that you would give that to them. Lord, you are mighty and able to do these things uh, through your word and through your spirit. We, we thank you, Lord, for the work that you've been doing in hearts and lives. We thank you for the work that you're going to do today. God, I pray that you prepare us uh, now as we worship you. And, Lord, that you'd be glorified. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Good to be in the Lord's house. If you are able, please stand as we start on our first song here. Psalm 103.1 tells us, almost identical to the words of this song, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Let's sing about the holy name of Jesus. Bless the Lord. So 
song is victory in jesus hymn number 353 1 corinthians 15 57 i think we're all familiar with this verse god giveth us the victory through our lord jesus christ Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning, then I repented of my sins and won the victory. singing about my Redeemer because he did it all for us. Amen. First Corinthians one thirty. Christ Jesus has become our righteousness and sanctification and redemption or Redeemer if you please. There is a Redeemer. <clears throat> there is a Redeemer Jesus God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah. 
you're welcome to be in God's house here today and after you do all that you may be seated okay we have a very special song now by a very special man Mr. Tony Hicks <laughs> hey we're all special I'm not lifting him up above nobody else God made us all special but I've known this young man right here since he was a little fella and used to come to church here. And what a blessing it is to have him singing. Well, good morning. Good to be in the Lord's house this morning. I'd uh, like to encourage you, if you uh, have any hearing aids, you're going to want to turn those back right now because I got a frog in my throat and it might not be too pretty, but... It'll be for the glory of God, nonetheless. Who filled the 
shameful cross and carries all my grief and carries all my grief to him I owe my life and death and all the joy I have he makes me triumph over death and saves me from from the grave. Praise the Lord for that. If you would, bow with me and pray with me as we go to the Lord in prayer. Precious God and Heavenly Father, Creator God, Great God, Mighty God, Awesome God, Holy God, we praise you for all that you are because you are worthy of praise, Father. How wonderful you are. And we thank you, Lord, for dying for us on the cross of Calvary, shedding your blood, giving your perfect, sinless life and blood for a sinful world. How amazing your love is, and we praise you for that. Father, we ask you to continue to be with us during this time of worship and praise uh, and preaching. We ask, Lord, to just bless our pastor, fill him with your power and spirit. And, uh, Lord, give him liberty and boldness and, Lord, clearness of thought and speech as he preaches your message to your people here today. And we'll be faithful to give you the praise, honor, and glory for all that you accomplish through the preaching of your word. And, Lord, encourage that heart today that needs encouragement. Convict us all of sin, Lord, because there's... Uh, none perfect, Lord, there's none righteous, no, not one, and we're all, Lord, we're all sinners. We ask, Lord, you just, Lord, convict us and help us to change our ways, and Lord, help us to uh, live for you and honor you in our life. And uh, Lord, uh, we ask all these things and pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, if you're able, please stand. We'll sing one more song before we get into the preaching service. To God be the glory. Hymn number 56. Psalm 126.3 says, The Lord hath done great things. Do I hear a witness on that? Amen. He hath done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. That makes me glad when I hear about the great things God has done. To God be the glory. people rejoice. 
Pastor, a nice welcome of appreciation. All right, Pastor, come on, step on our toes and our hearts. That's what we need. I'm just going to try not to step in the way of the Lord and <laughs> stay stay out of my own big feeted way too. But uh, take your Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter six this morning. Ephesians chapter six. Grateful for the worship this morning, for the songs. I don't know if you noticed something, but all those songs talked about several things that were very important today. The glory of God, but specifically the glory to God for what Jesus Christ the Son has done for us. He has accomplished the work that is necessary for our redemption. He bled and died for your sins and mine because you and I could not save ourselves no matter what we do, no matter what we try to do, no matter what we could even imagine doing. It is only found through the grace of God. Lord Jesus Christ, that we can be saved today. So we thank Him for that. We're grateful for the songs that we could sing about. It. And, and uh, Brother Tony, even though you might have had a frog in your throat, it riveted just fine, right? Amen. All right. Ephesians chapter 6 this morning. We're going to read verse number 18. And uh, you're right. We, we, we talked about that last week. We're going to look at it again. we got some more stuff today. We're going to be looking at the persistence of prayer today. The persistence of prayer. We've been talking about for a little while all of our prayer lives. We all know that we want to be better prayers. We want to pray more and pray more often, have better prayer lives, all that stuff, right? What I don't want is this, for us to go, well, it can't be me. It's only left for them older or better or more spiritual prayer warriors, right? The reason why we have prayer warriors is they're only prayer warriors because they pray. You will only pray and know to pray if you pray. And you only know to pray and pray if you keep on praying. And that's how you become a prayer warrior. The only difference between you and me and a prayer warrior, or someone that we would call a prayer warrior, is that they pray a whole lot more than what you and I often think about, all right? Now let's look here, verse, verse number 18 today. Praying always with all prayer and supplication, and this is the phrase that we've been dealing with, in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let us pray. God, we come to you this day. We're grateful, Lord, for the worship lifted, God. I pray, Lord, that you have been glorified already and that you'll continue to be, Lord, now through the preaching of your word. God, that you would give me what is needed this morning in mind and memory and my heart, Lord, to be filled by you to preach your word boldly and accurately. I pray, God, that you would open up every heart this morning, God, that we would hear not what we would want to hear, not what we would think we heard, but God, that we would hear what you have given to us and what you require, what you desire, what you what we need today. God, you know our hearts, Lord. You know the need of every person in this place. God, I certainly can't fill these needs today, but you can through your word and your spirit. I pray that you would do so. Help us now as we look at this passage and as we look at this verse, and God, that you would speak to us today through it. In Christ's name, amen. Perhaps one of the gravest issues of our prayer life today is going beyond our prayerlessness at times, and it goes into the lack of persistence in praying. 
So many times we pray, and all of us here who are saved today, we've prayed at least once before in our life, and, and probably today, later on, you, you might pray over your fried chicken here in a little bit when we get done. You'll pray over whatever you eat today. You might pray you know, before you go to bed, right? And that's great. Have that, right? But here what we're going to be talking about today is the persistence of prayer because I believe that one of our gravest issues and mistakes as believers is that we pray about something, but we don't pray about everything, and we We'll pray about something, but we won't pray through something. Does that make sense here? Right? We often pray about, Lord, bless our missionaries. And that's good. I want you to pray for our missionaries. That's why we got prayer cards, and that's why they give them out. But what if we started praying, Lord, be with Brother Paul Dudka in Ukraine, doing such and such, and use him here. What, what about if we prayed for Sister so-and-so here, or Brother so-and-so there? And we prayed, and then we kept praying. I believe, right? Now, here, since this stuff kicked off in Ukraine, we, we've been praying every time we took up prayer requests for our brother uh, and a missionary there, right? And you know what God's been doing there? God has been saving souls. God has been providing miraculously the needs for food and clothing for, at this point, hundreds and if not thousands of people who have come through his ministry. You want to know why? Not because Brother Paul Dudka is anything special, and he would tell you that. Because people... The people of God pray, and God has moved. Do not think that persistent prayer does not accomplish things. We, we often misunderstand or, or think that prayer is not, prayer is not worth it or this, this sort of work of prayer. We need persistence in our prayer. How often have we quit praying when we've just been prayers away from answers? We've seen the past few weeks the priority of prayer, the, the purpose of prayer, and the power of prayer last week. And all of this is ultimately to get us to one point about prayer. And this whole series is to drive us to this. That is the root of what prayer is. And here it is, all right? And then you can, you can forget the rest, right? <laughs> the root of prayer is your dependence upon God, your need of God, and your going to God for that dependent strength to have your will conformed to His will. We would not pray, nor would we need to pray, if we could accomplish it. And what prayer actually does is, by the way, prayer is not necessarily for the Lord. It glorifies Him, certainly. All right, Don't get me twisted there. But prayer is for us, right? We're praying to communicate with God, for, to know Him more, to, to have needs met. But even more so, you know what prayer does? Is it shows your faith. If I showed you my prayer life, I would show you my faith. If you showed me your prayer life, you would show me your faith. Because faith goes to God. Faith is directed to God. Faith is dependent upon God. And what is prayer other than faith expressed in words to the Lord? And so we've got to understand, yes, we need faith for salvation. Yes, we live by faith and walk by faith. But the living and walking by faith will never be by faith without prayer. Andrew Murray wrote, the prayer, or prayer itself, is the pulse of life. I'm afraid that many of us use so many other things in life as sort of our heartbeat, right? We want a heartbeat for missions, we want a heartbeat for evangelism, and absolutely those things are needed, but you read any biography of any great missionary or any evangelist or pastor or man or woman of God who has been used of God, and you know what they were before they were a missionary, evangelist, or a pastor, or a preacher? They were a person of prayer. And you can tell all that you need to know about a Christian's walk by their prayer life. It's far more telling than what we realize. 
And this is why we're here today. Not to go, yeah, Pastor Joe told us how bad our prayer life is again. Let's just go home and eat our chicken. We'll come back next week and we'll see what else he has. No, but it's rather to get us to a place where we understand my prayer life is not what I want it to be or need it to be, but my prayer life can be because of the Spirit of God. And because God has remained who He is, and even on my worst days, even on my darkest days, even on the days where I just don't feel saved, or I don't feel like going to church, or I don't feel that good, you know what I need then? I need God still. And you know when I'm on the mountaintop? I need God still. You know what I need on the mountaintop? I need prayer. You know what I need on the way down in the valley? I need prayer. You know what I need in the valley? Prayer. We need constant communication with the Lord. We need the persistence of prayer in our prayer life. We don't just need to know how to pray or three easy steps to pray. We need to actually just pray. And then when we pray, to keep on praying. We will never know how to do anything. Anyone that is a, a master golfer, right? You Tiger Woods, you know how you got good at golf? He kept swinging, right? He kept playing golf. You want to be good at baseball? Well, you're going to have to play baseball. You want to be good at uh, fixing cars, right? Right? Uh, Keep, I don't know, talk to Freddie about that, right? Talk to somebody else, right? Go down, take it to a mechanic. It's not going to be me, right? But if you want to be good at something, you got to work, don't you? The reason why those prayer warriors and those saints of old are often so talked about about their prayer life is because they persisted in it. Their life was a life of prayer. It's not that they just had a prayer life, but their life was a life of prayer. We often think in our Christian walk that one section of it is for evangelism. One section of it is for service in church. One section of it is, is for worship. One section for giving. Another section for prayer life. All of these sections are really a part of the whole Christian walk and it's through the Spirit and praying to the Lord, depending by faith upon Him. Spurgeon talked about the persistence of prayer by saying, not to pray because you do not feel fit to pray is like saying, I will not take medicine because I am too ill. Pray for prayer. Pray yourself by the Spirit's assistance into a praying frame. It is a good, it is good to strike when the iron is hot, but some make cold iron by striking. We have sometimes eaten till we have gained an appetite, so let us pray till we pray. God will help you in the pursuit of duty, not in the neglect of it. So you want to have a better prayer life? Here's the message. Keep on praying. Don't quit praying. And keep on praying. You say, well, you repeat yourself. Yeah, because we need to keep praying. The persistence of prayer. And even when you don't feel like praying, tell God about it. That's okay. If we can be real, real, there's many a times that my prayer life is often going, Lord, teach me to pray. Help me to pray. Lord, I'm trying to pray and I, it feels like I can't pray. God, help me to pray. Do not think that the Holy Spirit will not help you. Do not think that God does not desire to hear you or to uh, help you through this. Now, as we look in verse 18 today, when we're talking about the persistence of prayer. There's four things that we're going to look at today. First of all, we need to look that it is incessant prayer. It's continuous. Now you say, well, pastor, I've got a job. Go to your work, right? Absolutely. Got a family. Yes, take care of your family. Spend time with your family. You got this. Yes, okay. But have you ever thought that in those things, you still need just as much prayer as you do here in the church? You need just as much prayer when you clock in tomorrow morning as you do when you came to church this morning. You need just as much prayer when you clock out tomorrow night as you do with your family. That You need... Prayer just as much time throughout the day as you need as any other part of the day. 
There's never a time in your day, in your life, in any job or any part of your life that should not be saturated and filled by praying. So here, first of all, in verse 18, and we had talked about it briefly last week, but the first two words in this verse is praying always, and he says, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Praying always in the Spirit. Every time you pray, must it, ne- it should never be in the flesh. It should never be for your flesh. Prayer is not to be for our gratification, but for His glorification, for us to be changed by Him from the inside out. The idea of praying always is not that we never stop praying, but that we never stop praying. It's not that we stay in the continuous state where we have to lock ourselves up like a monk and shave our head and say, I've, I've got to, if I don't spend six hours in prayer today, then I'm a terrible believer. No, that's not the case. Here's what we're dealing with. It is that throughout our day and in all things that we do, whether we rise, whether we lay down, whether we eat, whether we sleep, whether we go to work, whether we don't go to work, whether we're with family or by ourselves, that we do all things in continued prayer. Why? Because to be with your family, you need help. I mean, let's, let's be real. It's, it's quite wives are looking at husbands. Husbands are looking at wives. We need help not just with our family to, to be a good Christian. We need, we need help on our job, don't we? How many times have we flown off the handle on the job site, right? It's tough for me. My, this, is, this is it, right? How many times do we do this? Why? Because we need prayer in our work, in our home, in our hearts. I need to pray just to be able to eat breakfast accordingly. We need prayer in all things because we have to understand that we are dependent upon God for all things. It's God that gave you a job. It's God that gave you a family. It's God that gave you a car. It's God that gave you the ability. It's God that gave you the strength. So if all your prayer is, you go, well, I don't have to ask Him for anything right now. Yes, but you can thank Him for something. We could stay in a continued state of prayer if we truly realized it. And the greatest of prayer warriors, if you will, who persist in prayer, they're incessant in it. Meaning, meaning this, that everything in their life, they know it needs to be bathed in prayer. You cannot outpray the Lord. But we certainly underpray. We cannot have so much prayer in our life that we go, you know, Pastor, pray for me. I've been praying too much. We well, don't have that. We need more prayer, don't we? But there's a certain kind. As he's been talking about, and as we've been dealing with the past few weeks, praying always in the Spirit. We must never stop short in our prayer life. We often talk about desiring to see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. To see the outworking and the outflow of the Spirit of God on the inside to express itself on the outside. You know how that comes about? through a faithful dependence upon Him, knowing that if I will accomplish anything for God outwardly, and God desires to use you to accomplish things outwardly, that's what He does from His Word in today. But I must depend upon Him. Notice in chapter 6, we dealt a little bit last week, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. We have to depend upon Him so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. We can stand in having done all to stand. Husbands, your families need you. Wives, your families need you. Moms, dads, children, your family needs you. Church, you need each other, and we need each other, and we have to understand that if we're going to do this together, it must be through this persistent prayer. And a prayer life is only real if you live a life of prayer. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, everyone knows this, three little words in this verse, 
Pray without... There you go. Let's try it again. Pray without... Right? We've talked about this. It doesn't necessarily mean that you don't stop praying, but it means that you don't stop praying. The issue is that many times, because we neglect prayer, we, we know we've got strength, we know we've got money, we've got comfort, we've got abilities and things... That we go, well, I don't need to pray about it. I, we've got to pray about everything. Through everything. And if anything, why would we not? Because what prayer does in everything is it is putting our faith in the Lord in everything. And I would much rather put my faith in the Lord in everything than put my faith in myself for anything. And that's what prayer does. Paul has a pattern of this in his prayer life. He tells all throughout, and I could go through literally every letter that he writes essentially, but uh, Romans 1.9, he says, um, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my, with, with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Then in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, he says, I thank God, whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in prayers, day and or night and day. See, we need prayer. Apostle Paul is the Apostle Paul, and I'm not the Apostle Paul. And neither are you, and that's okay. It should take some of the pressure off yourself. But understand this, that the same Holy Spirit that Paul had, you have. The same dependence upon God that Paul had, we should have. And the reason why that there have been such mighty revivals and mighty men and women of God who we read about, we talk about, we go, man, I wish I could know what they know or do what they do, but I'll never be a prayer warrior like so-and-so. I'll never be an evangelist like so-and-so. Well, perhaps it's because you don't pray like they do. And it's not the length of prayers, it's not the, the words of prayers, but it's the heart of prayer that continues to trust and walk by faith in the Lord. You will not have persistence of prayer outside of praying in the Holy Spirit. Moody wrote about this. He said, Some people think God does not like to be troubled with our constant coming and asking. But the way to trouble God is not to come at all. It is God's will for you to pray. God desires your prayers, not because He needs your prayers, but He desires for you to communicate with Him so that He might answer prayers, that He might bless prayers, that He might grow us and strengthen us through our prayer life. It's a way not just of answering our prayers and us getting what we want, but rather us being conformed into the image of His Son. Rather, us living through the Spirit and our will being conformed to His will so that we might glorify Him. As we see... This incessant prayer life is so needed that we must stay in prayer. This is a relationship that you have with God, is it not? And as with every relationship, it requires some communication. God has spoken. He has given us His Word. And He has asked us and desires for us. And we need to pray to Him. Husbands, if you didn't talk to your wife for a week, how would that go? Not... not there we go. There's your answer, right? It wouldn't go too hot, would it? How about this? What if your relationship with your spouse, communication-wise, looked like your prayer life? If it looked like, Lord, thank you for this breakfast. Thank you for this lunch. Thank you for this dinner. And help me to sleep so I can go back to work tomorrow. Our relationship wouldn't be so hot, would it? We wouldn't feel the same fires of love, would we? You know something, I often think that we know that we should pray. We know how to pray. The issue is that we have not learned the art of continuing in prayer. 
And if there's anything that we need, yes, certainly we need the power, certainly we need the priority, and we need the, the purpose behind it. But you know something, all that boils down to is this, you're going to learn and have those things if you persist in prayer. Now, let's look, let's move forward here. The second thing is we need to look at is intentive prayer. He goes on to say here in Ephesians 6, 8, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And we dealt with that last week. And he says, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Here the intentive prayer, it is, that, it is this word of watching. It is the word agrupneo, which is the idea in its literal meaning, without sleep. We often hear that if you can't sleep, you should count sheep, right? Well, don't do that. I don't know if you can count sheep. I don't, it might work for you. I don't know. Have you ever tried praying? There's nothing quite like praying and falling asleep praying. And it makes it a whole lot easier to then wake up and pray. There is nothing sweeter than such a thing as just the Lord. It is as if we are there in the arms of the Lord, praying and talking to our Father, being rocked to sleep. Knowing that we are safe in His arms, safe in His hands. Not just when we lay our head on our pillow at night, but that when we wake up in the morning that He is still the same One who walks with us and who knows us and who is there for us and provides for us. But without sleep here, it is in the presence tense. It shows the continuation. Watching. It is a lifestyle. It means to literally chase sleep away. Now, there's been some times, probably in your life, and I know in mine, where you'll be driving down the road. It doesn't really matter what time of day it is. And, and maybe you've had a long day, you're tired, and you start going down the road. And you start noticing that you start doing this a little bit, right? Maybe even do the little head bob. And it gets dangerous that way quick, don't it? And you will do everything that you can to stay awake. You'll turn the radio up, right? You'll roll the window down. You'll blast the AC. You'll stick your head out the window, right? You'll do whatever you've got to do. Why? To stay awake. Well, here he says, watching in prayer. It is to exercise constant vigilance or to be vigilant to an impending threat. Well, what did he just do with in this passage, Ephesians chapter 6, the whole armor of God? Why? Because there is a spiritual war taking place for your heart, for the hearts of your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your loved ones, this church, and this community. You must be watching in prayer, alert, awake, alive, and looking and waiting for the impending threat because it is coming. The devil is coming as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is coming. He is that the devil is coming to bring about discouragement to your heart, division amongst the church. He would love to do nothing more than to do those things. He's fine if you attend church just as long as you don't listen, as long as you get nothing out of it, as long as you don't pour anything into it, just as long as you are living the most miserable Christian life you can possibly live. And there's so many of us who live such a life because we are not doing so in the Spirit of God or in the strength of God, but in our own strength. And this is why we get knocked back, we get knocked back, and we lose battle after battle. And this is why we must be watching. We can't watch, though, and stay so alert in our flesh. Because our flesh gets tired. Our flesh gets weary. Our flesh can only battle but so much, but it is in the power of the Spirit of God. And so many of us are discouraged and defeated simply from not watching in prayer at all things. It allows us to be focused and faithful. Turn with me now to Matthew chapter 26 for just a moment. Matthew chapter 26. 
Matthew 26, Jesus is about to pray here in the garden, the night of his betrayal. And as we talked about with the prayer life of Jesus, that he is surrendered to the will of the Father and submitted to the work of the Spirit in his life, both his deity and his humanity. He is dependent upon God to do those things. And Jesus has said that it is God, the Father, who does these things through me. And so we've talked about what it means to pray in the Spirit as Jesus did, to live a life of prayer as Jesus did. And now here he comes to this deep and troubled place. Gethsemane being literally an olive press. It is this pressing down. He's about to be the one to drink the cup of the wrath of God so that you and I, so that sinners could be redeemed through His precious blood and sacrifice. And Here's what happens. It says in verse 36, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. All the more reason to pray. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face, prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as Thou wilt. If you want a model prayer, there it is. If you want a model of a prayer life, there it is. And He cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. Saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Verse 41, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, this cup may not pass from me except I drink it. Thy will be done. The model prayer life. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Persistence of prayer, huh? Jesus didn't go once. Goes and he goes and he goes and he goes. The Apostle Paul didn't just go once. He goes and he goes and he goes until the Lord says to him, my grace is sufficient. But he goes yet still. It says, Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now. Take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed to the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Could not watch. Their spirit, lower case, their inner being was willing. Matter of fact, it was just a few short hours ago that Peter said, I'll follow you anywhere. I'll die for you. I'll never deny you. And even Peter, James, and John, the three who are there in the inner circle, if you will, following the Lord and, and being so greatly used of the Lord later on in the early church, even their eyes were so heavy fleshly that they could not stay awake and watch. Verse 41, he tells them, watch and pray. Be watching. Be alert. Be vigilant. Be on guard and pray. You can be on guard all you want, but without prayer, it will do you nothing. We must watch with prayer, to be watching, to be vigilant, to be on guard, because there is a real enemy out for your real soul and for your real family. And in order to be attentive in our prayers, we must be praying not just in our spirit, but in the Holy Spirit. 
Why? Because clearly we find that they certainly wanted to in their flesh. They wanted to in their spirit to follow the Lord no matter what. Through the power of the Holy Spirit alone are we able. Because it's the Spirit that gives life and energy and direction in our prayer as we are watching. What today in your prayer life must you be watching? What sin must you be watching and on guard for? What soul must you be vigilant for? Watching for? The third thing we find about prayer today is inflexible prayer. We must never bend or break in our prayer life. We must keep pressing on. When you think you've reached the point that you're good at praying, good, you've just begun. Keep praying and you'll see how little you really pray. When you have just begun to learn about prayer life, good because you've just learned about it. Keep going. Keep praying. Notice that when you talk to someone that you consider to be a prayer warrior that they would never consider themselves to be a prayer warrior. Why? Because they know they've never arrived and they must persist and they must continue to depend upon God because the very second that we don't depend upon God and stay vigilant and watching in prayer, incessant and praying this, this attentive prayer is the moment that we start having our guard down and the moment we start losing battles, the moment we start being discouraged, and the moment we find ourselves where we know the right thing, we know the truth, but it's just it's disconnected. Plug in. Praying in the Spirit. And we must persevere here. This is the idea of inflexible prayer. The word here, watching thereunto with all perseverance. The word perseverance here means to be strong, or steadfast. It describes, and I like this, obstinate persistence. Not hard-headed to the things of God, but hard-headed to the things against God. But we keep pressing on. It is keeping on task with a heart of devotion and continuing with intense effort. See, we talked about the beginning of this series about prayer, about the priority of prayer. It was a priority. Prayer was a priority for the Lord Jesus. How much more should it be for us? But the issue is this. The reason why you keep going to work is not because you probably love it. You might. Might. You know why you go? You got to. You got to pay bills. You got to take care of your family. You got all these things, right? But you make your job a priority. Why? Because you need it, don't you? You've got to have it. So it's a priority. Kids, ball games, and grandkids, and outings, and events, and boating, and fishing, and all of your hobbies that you do and that you've continued to do throughout years, you know why you do them? Because they're a priority. We need priorities. We have priorities in our life. But you know the reason why we don't persist in prayer? It's not first a priority. If prayer was as much a priority in our Christian life as it should be, and as we desire in our spirit at times for it to be, we would continue in it because if it matters to you, you'll keep doing it. You know how many people have hobbies that are completely meaningless? Someone in here, in this room right now, has a whole china cabinet of knickknacks that no one ever touches. Someone right now has an old car or truck sitting in their garage or out on the carport that's been sitting there. And they'll never get rid of it. 
Because I'm, I'm working on it. Right? Yeah. It's a priority. And that's why you keep persisting. I want you to know prayer is the most worthwhile thing that you can ever do. Therefore, it should be not only a priority, but if it's truly a priority in your heart, you will keep on doing it, even as we talked about earlier, even when you don't feel like it. Even when you feel that you can't. It's when you need it the most. Perseverance. How how much intense effort or steadfastness or obstinate persistence and devotion do we have in our prayer life? This idea of perseverance to be devoted, to be passionately and persistently praying. I love what Ryle, J.C. Ryle said about prayer. says much about it, but it's because the men who can say much about prayer pray much. He said, we are sometimes tempted to think that we get no good, answer, we get no good by our prayers and that we may as well give them up altogether. Let us resist the temptation It comes from the devil. Let us believe and pray on against our besetting sins, against the spirit of the world, against the wiles of the devil. Let us pray on and not faint for strength to do duty, for grace to bear our trials, for comfort in every trouble. Let us continue in prayer. Let us be sure that no time is so well spent in every day as that which we spend upon our knees. You're going through something great in life. You feel close to God right now? Pray. If you feel just absolutely like a train wreck in your life right now, and you might be a train wreck right now, you know what that means? Pray. does not mean that you're so much of a train wreck that God will not hear your prayers or that God does not desire your prayers. It just means that we must continue in prayer. So many of us think that because we prayed twice about it and God didn't answer immediately, well, it just might not be God's will. It might not be, but have you thought about praying a third time? And after that third time, have you thought about a fourth? Jesus went on and on and on to the Father. Paul went on and on and on. The early church went on and on and on and on in prayer and prayer and prayer. What we often think is that when God delays or doesn't act on our time schedule, he, well, maybe He just don't hear me. Maybe I'm just not getting through. Or maybe, maybe it's just a no and I'll just quit praying about it. Everything is worth praying for. And everything that's worth praying for is worth continuing to pray for. God's delays are not always God's denials, but are often demonstrations to direct us to pray all the more persistently. Do not think that your unanswered prayer at this moment is truly unanswered, but rather keep praying through it and know that God is at work in this. That God is at work in you, though you may not see it, He certainly sees the work that's being done. Keep praying. There should never be anything that keeps us from wanting to communicate with the Lord. We should always have that desire to have that communication line open and flowing with prayer constantly, continuously over everything. We should know its importance and know that truly we must persist in it. And then it's worthwhile. I want to share with you this account. Lieutenant Mike Murphy was a Navy SEAL and a Medal of Honor recipient. He was a part of Operation Red Wings. On June 28, 2005, deep behind enemy lines east of 
Asadabad in the Hindu Kush of Afghanistan, a very committed four-man Navy SEAL team was conducting a reconnaissance mission at the unforgiving altitude of approximately 10,000 feet. The SEALs, Lieutenant Michael Murphy, Gunner's Mate Second Class, Danny Dietz, Sonar Technician Second Class, Matthew Axelson, and Hospital Corpsman Second Class, Marcus Luttrell, had a vital task. The four SEALs were scouting Ahmad Shah, a terrorist in his mid-30s who grew up in the adjacent mountains just to the south. The SEAL mission was compromised when the team was spotted by local nationals who presumably reported its presence and location to the Taliban. A fierce firefight erupted between the four SEALs and a much larger enemy force of more than 50 anti-coalition militia. The enemy had the SEALs outnumbered. They also had terrain advantage. They launched a well-organized three-sided attack on the SEALs. The firefight continued relentlessly as the overwhelming militia forced the team deeper into a ravine. Trying to reach safety, the four men, now each wounded, began bounding down the mountain's steep sides, making leaps of 20 to 30 feet. Approximately 45 minutes into the fight, pinned down by overwhelming forces, Dietz, the communications petty officer, sought open air to place a distress call back to the base, but before he could, he was shot in the hand, the blast shattering his thumb. Despite the intensity of the firefight and suffering grave gunshot wounds himself, Lieutenant Michael Murphy is credited with risking his own life to save the lives of his teammates. Murphy, intent on making contact with headquarters, but realizing this would be impossible in the extreme terrain where they were fighting, unhesitatingly and with complete disregard for his own life, moved into the open where he could gain a better position to transmit a call to get help for his men. Moving away from the protective mountain rocks, he knowingly exposed himself to increased enemy gunfire. This deliberate and heroic act deprived him of cover and made him a target for the enemy. While continuing to be fired upon, Murphy made contact with the uh, SOF Quick Reaction Force at Bagram Air Base and requested assistance. He calmly provided his unit's location and the size of the enemy force while requesting immediate support for his team. At one point, he was shot in the back, causing him to drop the transmitter. Murphy picked it back up, completed the call, and continued firing at the enemy who was closing in. Severely wounded, Lieutenant Murphy returned to his cover position with his men and continued the battle. Sadly, but heroically, he made contact. Friendly forces came in, and unfortunately, they were shot down. The greatest loss of life at one time by Navy SEALs as a Chinook helicopter was shot down. But Lieutenant Mike Murphy made contact. And through him making contact, there was one lone survivor, Marcus Luttrell, who would be retrieved days later. You might say, well, he made contact, but they still died. But yet, he still knew that their only hope was not to stand it out and to fight on their own because they're wounded, they're outnumbered, but he knew that their advantage would be to make contact with their people to make contact with his quick reaction team, to make contact with his home base. You and I have a far greater thing spiritually than a quick reaction force and a home base of a bunch of soldiers who are well trained. We have the Lord God Himself who desires to fight for you, who desires to keep you in the fight, to keep you in the battle, and to give you the armor and the weaponry necessary to stay in the fight. Mike Murphy was a hero not because he lived that day, but because he did whatever it would take
to make contact. Today, we find him to be a hero because he never gave up on getting communication needed, even just to save one life. You and I have a direct line to speak to our Heavenly Father through the power of the Holy Spirit of God through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the Son. May we never forget the need that even in the midst of the hottest battle, you might be wounded right now and cannot take another step forward. You might feel absolutely bombarded and surrounded right now. What you need and what you must do is do whatever it takes to make contact, not with the enemy, but with your Heavenly Father. And to know that it is He alone that can give strength, it is He alone that can give victory. We must be as desperate for prayer as we are desperate for answers and help. Communication with God is both necessary and life-saving, and we must do whatever it takes to pray and to keep praying. The missionary pioneer Adoniram Judson, who, by the way, spent nearly 10 years in Burma lost two wives and many children to death early on. Who did not see a soul saved in nearly the first ten years. Nearly took him ten years to find one convert. Prayed. And is viewed as a hero. As a pioneer for missions. He said, be resolute in prayer. Make any sacrifice to maintain it. Consider that time is short and that business and company must not be allowed to rob thee of thy God. We must never bend or break. We must persist and be devoted in prayer to communicate with our God. And lastly, interceding prayer. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In this room is somebody that you don't like that much. And that's that certain person that you must pray for. Because guess what? You're probably somebody in this room that somebody don't like you that much. <laughs> you, I might be that person. I don't know. <laughs> that's all right. I'll take it. Pray for them. You got somebody in this room that you like? I hope so. If not, you probably ought to really check your heart. Pray for them. I cannot stand when we here in the South in our cultural Christianity say a couple of things like, well, I'll be praying for you. And we never lift up our heart or that soul in prayer. All we have done is made a liar of ourself. We have lied to a fellow believer and we have lied to God. It is the most beautiful and gracious of things for you to pray for one another because there are battles that you must not fight on your own, but with each other. Not with each other, but with each other. In prayer. Supplication. This is specific requests for things. Some of us know so little of other people that we would dare to shake a hand, let alone share a prayer request. 
And brethren, it ought not be so. We ought to know and be burdened for the burdens of others. We are often so focused on ourselves that we're only burdened for our needs, and our needs are bigger than everybody else's needs, and my hurts are worse than anyone else's hurts, and then we even get to the place where our triumphs are better than anyone else's triumphs, and we see the point here. Prayer is never to be so self-focused that we only care for ourselves, but rather prayer is to be so God-focused that we desire that others to know Him and to be used of Him and to be filled by Him and to be strengthened by Him. Supplication for all saints. I wonder what revivals we might see if we actually got burdened to pray, let alone burdened to pray for one another. We often talk about being burdened for evangelism, and yes, we should, and I pray that God would give us such. We often talk about being burdened for missions, and yes, I pray that God would give us such. But what if we got burdened for the most simple thing that a Christian can do, and that's simply pray? By the way, we're not burdened to pray when we only pray when things get bad. Those prayer warriors who are burdened to pray, pray persistently at all times, in all situations, and for all things, and for all people even, and even especially the ones you don't like. Pray for them extra hard that God as you pray for them would soften your heart and that God might build a bridge to the power of the Holy Spirit between you two. This is the pattern of the early church. They desired to be a people of prayer, but to be a person of prayer, to be a people as a church, to be a people of prayer, we must pray for people. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. And I'm going to go quickly through here. So if you don't follow along, it's okay. I'm not offended at all. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Jesus has ascended, and He says in verse 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Then you're going to be my witnesses. There's only power in the Holy Spirit. And there's only power in prayer in the Holy Spirit. We talk about that. Now look at verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer, in supplication, with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with His brethren. You want to have unity? Pray. You want to have strength? Pray. You want to have ministry? Pray. Pray together. If you can be of one accord on prayer, we can be mighty and great things for the Lord. One accord in prayer. Go over just a couple chapters to chapter number 4. Peter and John had been arrested and the report goes to the believers. It says in verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, but they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the Word of God with boldness. If you go and you read this passage, I want you to know this is not just pastors that are gathered here. It's the church of God. Why? Because the filling and the power of the Holy Spirit is not just for pastor so-and-so or missionary so-and-so or evangelist so-and-so, but for you. If you have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you, you say, first of all, and if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. They go hand in hand. You won't have one without the other. And it's the same Holy Spirit that they had. But why do we not have such prayer meetings anymore? Well, one, because you can schedule a prayer meeting and few come, but the few come keep coming. 
And, and the issue is this. They were in one accord. They were together in prayer. But they were filled by the Holy Spirit. Not because they conjured something up or worked up the Spirit or worked up a crowd or worked up those that were in the service or in the meeting with them. But that they were totally dependent in prayer and trusting God. And they persisted in it knowing that I don't just need Him now to be saved, but I need Him now and forever. Every moment, every hour, every second, I need the Lord. Over a page. The appointment of the deacons that day. In Acts chapter 6, verse 4. They say, look, here's what the deacons are going to do. And it says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. So if you want, you want to know what the pastor's job responsibilities are? But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Boy, how that's changed. <laughs> Uh, Y'all can't laugh, but I can. It's okay. (laughs) It says they prayed. And then, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. They prayed for them. They prayed. Go over to chapter 12. By the way, I'm not covering an exhaustive list of prayer in, in the book of Acts. If you want that, read the book of Acts. All right? Peter in prison. Verse number 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Intercessory prayer. Notice that. They know the need. They know who God is. They know who they're praying for. And they know what they're praying for. And it says, and they prayed one time for Peter to get out of jail. No, and it doesn't even say they prayed two times. They prayed and they prayed and they prayed. So many of us know what it's like to offer up a prayer, but few of us know what it's like to offer up continued prayer. This intercessory prayer that goes on and on. And even later on, in verse number 12 of this chapter, Peter's coming out and says, And we had considered the thing. He came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. You ever thought about just getting together with someone, having a cup of coffee and praying? Not doing anything else. It's foreign to us. Over in chapter 16. Chapter 16, verse 25. Now Paul and Silas are in prison. I've never been in prison for my faith. Neither of you, but many have. Many still today are. And they didn't get in prison and say, oh no, it's all over now. And look what they did. Verse 25. And at midnight, when we're all asleep or don't want to pray, Paul and Silas prayed. It's that it's continued prayer and saying praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Boy, the early church pattern of prayer that they continued in prayer. They prayed all of these prayers that we talked about. They they prayed uh, intently, and they prayed incessantly, and they prayed inflexibly. They prayed interceding for one another. They prayed and they prayed and they prayed. We were praying as they did in the early church. We just might see the move of God and revivals and unity amongst the the local assemblies. 
Do not think that the Holy Spirit has changed since the book of Acts. Do not think that prayer has changed. Prayer and the opportunity and the ability is still there. The issue is if we are praying or not. And if you're not, today's a great day. Let me ask you, and this is somewhat rhetorical, if you answer, that's okay, I don't really care. If you do, you do. You might be right. When's the best time to plant an apple tree? Anybody? Today, if you ain't got one. The best time for an apple tree is probably about 20, 25 years ago. Because now you have apples. If you ain't got an apple tree, when's the next best time? Today. If your prayer life is hurting and struggling today, you know the best time to pray would have been a long time ago. But right now is just as good. Don't wait for you to try to get something right to get things right. Get things right. Don't wait and put off what God can do tomorrow or the next day I'll start. This is not a diet. This is not a New Year's resolution. This is our life. And our Christian life depends upon our prayer life and our prayer life is reflective of our Christian life. See, the difference was that those believers that we've just read about were directed and dependent upon the Spirit of God in prayer and to pray. Our issue so much is that we miss this key in verse 18 of Ephesians 6. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Because it's through the Spirit that allows us to pray continuously. That allows us to pray always with all prayer and supplication. It's through the Spirit that allows us to be watching and on guard. That allows us to persevere in prayer and to pray interceding for, for the saints of God. So as we bring this all home today, I ask you today, what's your prayer life like? You see, our prayer life must be a life of persistent prayer. If it's not, you don't have a prayer life. And I would tell you this today, if you're on a mountaintop, don't quit praying. If you're in a spiritual funk, don't quit praying. Be a Mike Murphy and do whatever it takes to get that communication. Be a prayer warrior by praying. Pray. When you've prayed, pray. And then when you've prayed, pray, pray. Seek the Lord. I would ask us today, as we talk about persistent prayer, are we going all the way in prayer? Are we stopping just short enough to say, well, I prayed about it. Many times we will pray about something, but not pray in and through I would ask, are we truly devoted enough to God to really pray, let alone persist in it? Where's your heart today? and Where's your need? Let's all stand. If you have a need today to pray, that'd be all of us. We have an opportunity now. Come and pray. And somebody can come and pray with you. Pray for you. God will hear. And God answers. And when you get up from this altar... And you leave this place, keep praying. Let's pray. Pray, church.